Good morning, everyone. It is so great to see all of you. Um, just to think, last year we were virtual for Easter, and today we're all here. It's awesome, and it's so great for those that are uh, online as well. Um, wanted to let everybody know that our mission team uh, fed 150 tornado relief workers this past Monday. So great job to our mission team. We are so thankful for them and all that they do. And thank you to all of you who donated to the Love Center. Um, last week on Palm Sunday, many of you brought uh, gifts uh, for the Love Center uh, shelter, and they were so thankful to get all that for their new kitchen. Um, the Easter egg hunt was yesterday, and let me tell you, for those of you that were not there, it was awesome. It was great. We had a great time. Uh, we were on the Casey's farm, and we had a blast. Um, so thank Catherine for putting that together. It was fantastic. Uh, wanted to let everybody know that Wednesday nights, we have uh, kids and youth here in person at 6 p.m., and also Harriet Murray has a Bible study, and it's pretty great, Pastor Sam. Uh, it's pretty awesome. It's competitive with your Bible study, I would say. Um, <laughs> Pastor Sam has a Bible study on Wednesday nights online, but he also has one in person on, at 11 on Wednesday mornings. Um, and also, you can join us each week. Uh, we have services on Tuesday night. We have Mosaic at 6.30 out in the courtyard, Thursday nights um, in the sanctuary, and then Sunday we have celebration at 9 and our traditional each week uh, at 11, and they're all great services to be a part of. Um, and lastly, one to remind you, because we haven't talked about it in a while, uh, you can reconnect with some things by downloading the church app. Uh, on the app, you can listen to sermons, maybe even listen to sermons that you had missed or a favorite that you have. Um, check with uh, weekly events, uh, our weekly news, um, and our Bible studies are on there as well. So there's a lot of things you can find on that app. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, our hearts are thankful and full of joy this Easter morning. Uh, we thank you for the resurrection. We thank you that we have hope. Uh, this morning we ask that you would calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. On this Easter Sunday morning, I invite you to stand as we sing and we raise our voices and a resounding hallelujah as we sing, Christ the Lord is risen today.
please remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Good morning. What a beautiful sight you are. It's so wonderful to see you today. How glad I am to you for to have you to join us by live stream today. Write something. Pastor Andy didn't say this, but write something in the comments and let us know where you are and how, how you're joining us today. And we're, we're glad to be connected to you. Our children are about to go to um, Children's Church, and I'm always just a little bit jealous because I think maybe they have more fun than we do in here, but don't they look great? They do. They had a big time yesterday with the Easter egg hunt. I want to welcome you again, and I want to thank you for supporting our church. It was quite different, as you know, last year. Everybody was quarantined behind closed doors and we were scared and didn't know what was going to happen. It feels much different this year. And I, I noticed uh, Palm Sunday was an awesome service last week. I wondered how in the world we could ever top having Palm Sunday with palms waving and children singing and donuts and hot dogs in the portico and live animals. Are you kidding? But it, I think we have really kind of raised the bar this week because it just feels like such a celebration. Thank you for supporting us all the way through. Thank you for keeping on and, and keeping, keeping the fires burning even when we had to do things way differently than we'd ever done them before. We're at the point now where we can take a deep breath and say, Alleluia which is what our Alleluia's offering is for. And if you're here and you want to drop it off in one of the offering plates, then please do that. You can mail it in. You can give through your, uh, through your church app. You can give online. Our Alleluia offering is something that we do that's kind of above our normal gifts, and we use it for something special that the church needs. This year is so exciting to know that we're doing... Uh, a children's worship space. We're, we're kind of combining two of the, of the Sunday school classes down here at the end of the hall by, by Helene's office. 
and we're turning it into an awesome children's worship place. They're going to be so excited to go in there and invite their little friends to come in there with them. They can worship together. They can do plays. They can do all kinds of things. It's going to be a beautiful space, and it's going to be even more special because it's going to be named in memory of Joan Hightower, who was one of our, our dear friends that, that we had to say goodbye to last year, but we'll hold her in our hearts always. And I think she would be so tickled to know that those kids are going to have that beautiful space. Don't you? I, I really do. So that's one of the things we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing some permanent wiring in here because we've had to learn uh, how to, to do live broadcast. And we, we had things that we had to do. And we have some work that has to be done for that to keep that going. Uh, we had to, you know, replace the roof on the gym and different things like that will we'll help. All of your Alleluia offerings will help with that. So thank you for that. Your prayer requests are important to us. Please remember to pray for each other uh, and send your prayer requests to us and we'll pray for them. Jot it down on a piece of, of paper and put it in the offering plate or hand it to Pastor Andy or myself. We will pray for you. I promise we will pray for you. And I want to pray for you right now. Would you just pause for a second and go to the Lord in prayer with me? God, we are so thankful. We have struggled. Lord, for the last year, it really has been a struggle. And we have had to cling to you and cling to our faith like never before, it seems. We have cried out to you in our distress, and we have prayed for each other. We've supported each other. We've supported our community every way we could. We have showed our love to our healthcare workers and our first responders, and we've tried to be there and to reach out to each other and to pray for each other. But we've suffered loss. So I pray for your healing balm now to, to cover us. And I pray, Lord, that you can, from death, bring resurrection, and from despair, bring hope, and from defeat, bring victory again, Lord. It's time for us to reconnect and to remember all of the blessings that you give to us on a daily basis. Thank you, Lord. Give us this day, Lord, our daily bread and Teach us to pray the prayer you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Well, I tell you what, I, I'm just blown away by our choir. Thank you, choir. Thank you, JT and, and Rhonda. Um, and we're going we're gonna to let them catch their breath for a second. I'm going to give uh, Benny a chance to soak his fingers in ice water after playing Beethoven. <laughs> and we are going to share the scripture together. We don't often do this, but I want to ask you to do this today. I want to ask you to stand as we read the gospel together. John chapter 20. John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Will you stand for the reading of the gospel as you're able? Early in, on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed from the tomb. She ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to him, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they've laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look in the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you crying? She said, They've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said, to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated.
sensations that people have described to me um, uh, over the last year is, is a feeling of being disconnected. their community from anything that um, that reminded them of normal so what uh, an emphasis after Easter that, that we're going to have is uh, is to how to be reconnected um, pastor Andy mentioned earlier you can you can download our church app go to your Apple store or your Android store and just just download our church app it's a great way to reconnect and to have access to uh, Bible studies and sermon series and devotional blogs and all kinds of things. Um, join one of our, our small groups. Uh, the men at the well uh, did our Easter sunrise service this morning. If you're not an early bird and you just don't like getting up for sunrise service, you can go back and watch it. Bishop Wallace Paget did our Easter devotional, and uh, it's, it's great. You can go back and watch that. You can watch it uh, on our, our Facebook page, but uh, reconnect. Um, I'm starting a new Bible study coming up next week. It's on the Gospel of Luke. If you've been thinking, you know what, I'd like to kind of reconnect, we're going to have it in person in the Martin Fellowship Sunday School class at 11 o'clock in the morning for people that don't like to get out at night or just like to come to an in-person study at 11 o'clock on Wednesdays. At 6 o'clock on Wednesday nights, we'll be live streaming. I'll be broadcasting it live just like I did with the book of Daniel. But it's, it's a way to reconnect, okay? To reconnect and um, to, to feel like part of a family again. So I encourage you to do that. Um, another way we reconnect is through worship. Isn't the worship glorious today? Isn't the, the choir amazing? And, and I, I just love it. Um, if I haven't gotten a chance personally to greet you, happy Easter. I'm glad to see you today. I was thinking about, about Easter and, and how it's connected to Holy Week. We had great Holy Week services each day this week and we had a great Monday Thursday Holy Communion service and then um, and then on Good Friday I, I always think about the hard hard lessons that that we learn in life and that we've had to learn over the last year and one of the hard lessons that that I learned as I as a young man growing up was was how to handle defeat because you know I played football and we had a team that sometimes we were pretty good, uh, but we weren't all that great. And I had to learn how to deal with defeat, right? Because we would get all excited. We'd have pep rallies. Did any of y'all ever go to the pep rally? I bet some of y'all were cheerleaders uh, or in the band or something. And it was so, it was so great. The, the football team would come marching into the auditorium and uh, we we would try to be acting all cool and everything, you know. The band would be playing the fight song. Cheerleaders would be up there cheering, and everybody would just be so pumped up and excited. And then what, they would have the captains of the game that night get up, and they would they would say something like, 
Yeah, we're just, we're going to destroy the enemy. They don't know, they're not going to know what hit him and all this kind of stuff, you know. Oh, I don't know. So we would get all fired up. And then on the way, if we were going on an away game, we'd be on the football bus and coming into town, wherever we were going to play, we'd be banging on the windows. and We'd be saying, stop looking, listen, here comes the mighty Indians. Bah, 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 you know, going in, you know, like we were all... And we would come, we'd run on the field, and they always had one of those big paper banners that you run through. Did you ever wonder what would happen if they made the paper just a little too strong and you just like, you couldn't break through it or something? But we would we'd break through, fight song, fight song, fight song, yeah, you know. But then sometimes the game didn't go that well. And sometimes it would, it, it, you fight as hard as you could. You did everything you practiced to do and it just didn't turn out for a win that night. And the lesson of defeat was learned. And here's what I remember about the lesson of defeat. Going back home on the football bus. And how dark it was. We didn't have cell phones or anything like that to be playing on on the way. It was just dark. And the silence... Because we, you know what, we weren't chanting and singing. We weren't even laughing and kidding. I mean, coach would have killed us if we were cutting up jokes after we got beat anyway. But we didn't feel like it. We just felt defeated. We felt dark. We felt silent. And when we got back, we rolled up to the field house. And we didn't get home to a victory bonfire. And we didn't get home to a spirit line and everybody cheering and everything the conquering heroes it was quiet and it was dark and we would go in there and we'd sit down and it was like everybody had their own little bubble around them and everybody was replaying the loop in their head of the game if I had only made that block or if I'd only made that tackle or if I hadn't fumbled the ball then maybe we wouldn't have won. What if, what if it had been different and you just felt like such a loser? Defeat is a hard lesson to learn. And another hard lesson I learned as a young man was death. It's, it's hard to lose somebody. I know this past year has been terribly hard on us. Many of you are still, still have a, a, a raw place in your spirit you just lost a loved one and the lesson uh, of how to do that is, is is very similar to feeling like defeat there's the the darkness I remember um, as a young man as 17 years old on Good Friday my father passed away suddenly and I can vividly remember coming home that night from the hospital. At the time, I wasn't thinking about it being Good Friday. I just knew that everything was dark. When we walked into that house, everything was dark. And the silence was so loud. And everywhere I looked, I saw something that reminded me of my dad. Everything I thought about was connected to him it was cold that night and I built a fire in the fireplace and as I was building a fire in the fireplace I was thinking you know he's the one that taught me how to build a fire just everything was so difficult and so hard 
Jesus' followers were feeling both defeat and death that first Easter morning. I think about sometimes on the Saturday in between Good Friday and Easter Sunday about how they must have felt. About the silence where Jesus' voice had once just taught them so much over the last three years about everything they looked at, every place that they went, everybody they saw reminded them about Jesus. His presence was so large in their lives. He taught them so much. But now it was gone. And then the what ifs. You know, kind of like riding home on the football bus. What if, what if Judas hadn't betrayed him? Right? And Peter was thinking, what if I had not denied him? And all of them were thinking, what if we had not run away like a bunch of coward losers? What if we'd stuck with him? What maybe if we had all drawn our swords, we could have fought, we could have made a stand right there in the garden. What if, what if, what if, what if? They had seen him arrested. They'd seen him taken away. They had seen him crucified. And then put in a grave. And then that just seemed like the end, right? But Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene is one of the unsung followers of Jesus. Early, early on that first Easter Sunday morning, early, early, she was going to the tomb and still a little bit dark. Everything that she looked at reminded her of Jesus. Every, every thought that she had, she was thinking about him. Every good thing in her life had come because of Jesus. She still remembered the weight being lifted off of her when he forgave her of her sins. She still remembered the freedom that she felt when he cast demons out of her. He was her whole life. She would be nothing without him. And now all she could do was cry and cry and mourn. The one thing she could do was she could give him a proper farewell. She could anoint his body with spices. And that's what she was going to do. To do that one last thing that she could do. And imagine how shocked she was when she got there. And the stone was rolled away. And she looked in and Jesus' body was gone. I mean... Not only shocked, but angry. Who would do something like that? Who would steal somebody's body? Now the one thing that she was going to be able to do, she couldn't do. She couldn't even say goodbye properly. She couldn't even anoint his body with spices. Who would do such a thing? So with tears in her eyes, face red from anger, she ran back to the disciples who were still kind of in the locker room, so to speak, right? Still sad, still thinking about what ifs. She burst into the room and she said, they've taken Jesus from the tomb and I don't know where they've put him. Peter and John, kind of the ringleaders of the group, ran back to the tomb with Mary Magdalene. They had already learned lessons of defeat and death but now this was just a whole nother level. This was 
despair. I mean, it's like when you didn't think you could sink any lower, this is even lower than that. Despair. They ran to the place where Mary had come from. They ran, they ran to the symbol, really kind of the monument of defeat and despair and death. The tomb. The grave. I mean, it sounds so fine. It sounds just like, you know, you need to put a big sign there that says dead end, right? What, what more can you do? That's it. The end of the road. That's all she wrote. Put out the fire and call in the dogs, as we say in the South. But Peter and John looked in. They saw what Mary had described. It says that John believed, but then it goes on to say that they really didn't know. They really didn't know that Jesus really had risen from the dead. They still didn't fully understand. It's a mysterious, this life after death. So they went back, but Mary stayed. Mary stayed. And she did the only thing she knew to do, which was cry some more. <laughs> and then she peeked down into the tomb and she saw two angels, one sitting at the head and one sitting at the foot of where Jesus' body had been. And they looked at her and said, woman, why are you crying? <laughs> She's like, what do you mean, why am I crying? They've stolen my Lord's body, and I don't know where they've put it. Anybody would cry. And then behind her, she realized there was somebody behind her, and she looked, and it was Jesus. She thought he was the gardener. You know how it is when you see somebody you're not expecting to see? She thought it was the gardener. And through her tears, she saw this guy, and he asked her, why, woman, why are you crying? Why are you crying? And then she said, and then Jesus said, Mary. And all of the sudden, her world came alive again. Her world came alive again. When he called her name, she knew his voice and it wasn't a voice from the grave. It was a voice from beyond the grave, you see. And all she wanted to do after that was to hold on to him. I mean, who could blame her? She thought he was gone forever. She held on to him. And he said, look, Mary, I, I know, great. I know you want to hold on to me, but I need you to do something, right? I need you to go and tell my brothers I need you to go and tell them because they're still back in the locker room. They're still living in defeat and death and despair. You need to go and tell them there's another lesson to be learned here. You need to go and tell them the good news. And so she did. She went and told him. You see, Easter teaches us another lesson. I mean, life teaches us about defeat. Life teaches us about despair. It teaches us about death. Easter teaches us that there's something beyond the grave. It's not a dead end. The resurrection turns defeat into victory. The resurrection turns death into life. It turns darkness into light. It turns despair into hope. It changes everything. 
everything. If it weren't for these new lessons that Easter teaches us, that resurrection teaches us, we wouldn't be here this morning. Let's face it. You wouldn't be watching online a worship service on Sunday morning if it weren't for the resurrection. If the worst thing that happened was the last thing that happened, then Jesus would have just been a, a good teacher or a prophet that taught a lot of lessons and did some cool things, but then the grave would be the dead end that we always thought it was if it weren't for the resurrection. But Easter teaches us something different. Easter teaches us that there's hope that this Jesus who died on Good Friday, yes, he was all the way dead, and yes, he conquered death, and he went and he snatched the keys of death and hell away, and he rose victorious. He rose victorious from the dead. Easter people have hope we have hope from beyond the grave because you know listen we know we're smart enough to know that we'll all face death someday but we face it differently now we face it differently because of the one who said because I live you will live too we face it differently because of the one who said, whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. We face it differently because of the one who said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and where I am, there you will be also. And that's the heart of the Christian message. That's the heart of it. And this is why that we gather. This is why we worship on Easter Sunday morning. This is why we can stand at the grave of a loved one and through our tears hear the echo of that voice. Why are you crying? Why are you crying? Why are you looking at a grave as if that's the end? Because there is something beyond and it's everlasting life. It's hard. It's hard. I don't want to make light of it, and I don't want to try to pull your leg. It's hard when you see someone that you love, and they leave this place. They die. But there is something beyond. There's something beyond. There's, there's an everlasting life beyond that, a place where... COVID-19 has no place, where cancer has no place, where heart disease has no place, where nobody cries except for joy, where there's no hatred, where there's no refugees, there's nobody hungry. There's nobody homeless. There is that place. And because of that, we have hope. That's the Easter message. Jesus gave it to us. And Jesus also gave us an Easter mandate, right? To go and tell others who are still waiting in darkness, 
who are still kind of in their own personal locker room with their own personal what-ifs and their own personal despair to tell them the good news. I, I like to read history and um, reading about World War II history is very interesting to me. And at the end of World War II, I don't know if, if you remember, but uh, there were places in the world, communication wasn't at, like it is now. There were places in the world that didn't know that the war was over, that didn't know that victory had been won with the U.S. and its allies. And they were still living as though the world, uh, world War II were still going on. They, they would keep all of their lights off and stay in darkness all the time out of fear of, uh, of an air raid, you see. They, they would live inside and live in paranoia and live uh, scared to death that they would hear tanks roll into town because they didn't know the victory had been won. The good news hadn't reached them yet. And can't you and I take the good news to people that are, that are in despair and darkness and no hope? Can't we tell them that the victory's been won, that Christ won the victory over death, that light has won over darkness? Maybe we can do that. Maybe we can do that. Maybe we just needed to be reminded of that today too. Because the world can be a dark place. When I was a kid, we used to play uh, a game. I don't know if we had a name for it, but we had big oak trees in the yard where I grew up. And there was lots and lots of leaves. And uh, when the leaves were all on the ground, we would go out and we'd rake up a big pile of, of leaves. And what we'd actually do is get one of our friends or cousins or whoever was out playing would lay down on the ground and we would pile leaves on top of them. We'd bury them under those leaves and pile them just under a big old pile of leaves. And then we would, we would uh, walk around the pile of leaves and sing just in the, in the most sad and dirgy way that we could sing. We would sing, Low in the grave he lay Jesus, my Savior. And we'd want to kind of smile, but we'd make ourselves not smile. Waiting the coming day, Jesus, my Lord. And then we'd say, up from the grave, he arose. And then the person would jump out of the leaves. And then we would all, y'all are laughing, but didn't you play games like that with your cousins? If you didn't do that, then you had a stunted childhood. If you didn't play games with your friends like that. And we'd all run away laughing. And, uh, and then the next person would get to be the one that got buried and, and jumped up. You know, that's, that's funny. And it's, it's a, a silly game, I guess. But you know what? It's it's pretty close to the Easter, the actual Easter message. Because you see, the one being buried in the leaves didn't mind being buried in the leaves so much because they knew they were going to be jumping out. 
They knew there was going to be a resurrection. And the ones, you know, as we were walking around and we were singing low in the grave, he lay, we sang it with a kind of a half smile because we knew. We knew that the resurrection was going to happen. We knew that we were all going to end up laughing till we cried. We knew. We did it with anticipation and hope. And that's the same hope that we have for Easter. That when we finally let go of this life, we don't have to mind so much. We know there's something beyond the grave. And when we say goodbye to our loved ones, I know we're crying. I know we're crying. But we're also anticipating because we believe what Jesus said. That we believe the message that Mary Magdalene shared with the disciples. He's risen. <laughs> He's conquered death. He's given us eternal life. Christ the Lord is risen today. The worst thing that happens is not the last thing that happens. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the hope that you give us in the face of despair and for the life that you give us even in the face of death and for the victory that you won for us even when it all looked lost. Thank you, Lord, that the weeping might last for the night. Joy comes in the morning. Alleluia and amen. We're going to do, um, you know we got to sing Up From the Grave He Arose after that last story, don't you? You know we've got to sing that. We are going to stand and sing that. And then the most special closing and benediction that I ever got to share with any congregation we're going to share today because after we sing this song up from the grave he rose I'm going to ask you to turn and face the resurrection window and we are going to best we can sing the hallelujah chorus from Handel's Messiah okay with help from our friends right so right now let's stand and sing up from the grave he arose
okay, Easter people, will you turn and now face the resurrection window? And let's carry this message with us as we leave today.
Amén.